And now for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 283 of This Old Marketing, recorded on Thursday, August 5th, 2021. And with me, as always, my good friend, my colleague, and the guy who I'd definitely share my gold medal with if we tied, Mr. Joe Polizzi. I would share with you. By the way, that was a great story. I would share story. with you. That was a, uh, the, oh, I love that story so much. The sharing. It was so the great. The sharing of the medal. Yeah. We should all just get participation awards. No, I'm, that's, this is totally different. Totally different thing. Yeah, totally oh. different thing. And I just, I mean, my favorite part of that is that the Italian guy, of how excited he was and running around and you know crawling around i mean it, it was the most italian reaction ever and it was just it was fantastic it's just it's just have lovely. you been watching a lot of the olympic games well we'll get well, to that we, yeah, um, I, yeah when we, we have get to rants and raves but <laughs> you'll you know, have to wait to the end of the um, episode to really get into yeah, our feelings about you know, this stay tuned folks for that piece but um i have been trying i'll put it that way as a tease toward the rants and raves later i have been attempting uh to watch um, as much as I can, but um, been finding it difficult to do so. Yeah. The one thing, and I get how high. I'm, I'm not. We're not going to give anything away here, but I, I understand how difficult it is to make a commercial, and how much money goes into it. But you know, when you see the same commercial that many times in a row, you would think because they're basically like, for example, Toyota has what three, three or four different commercials that they've been running throughout the whole thing. Well, that's, that's right. You've seen one ten times if you've been watching it. I've, I've watched probably, I don't know, three or four nights of it, and I've seen the same commercial about eight times. I'm like, ah, good commercial, but geez, now you're starting to loathe the the brand because <laughs> they didn't give me enough differentiation right. of the messaging and killing me. Yeah, it's it, well, and it and you know, and it's such a it's such a wasted opportunity, oh, geez, right? Yeah. For telling a deeper more meaningful story because you know you have the time right you know you have the the frequency by which you're going to get your message out there why are you not taking advantage of that you know i mean there's yes i get the whole thing about repetition and all of that but to your point there's a point where repetition becomes annoyance and you know it that you're only you're only killing yourself right at that point right you know it's like oh you know you know and and we can talk about the the challenge with sponsorship generally speaking this olympics and and all of that and why there is so much repetition but more to the point your point which is you know why not different you know you're all in you know what I mean? you went all since in since you bought yeah since you dollars, bought the space you know and you're spending a billion right. dollars on this thing <laughs> right exactly why not just you know it's the it's you know, it's div, the same thing. Divvy it up a little well, bit. Well, look at it like, and I I've always said I've I've of course grown up in the event business. I've been to so many events and trade shows and expos. I can't even tell you. That's the biggest thing that I can't understand when somebody would spend a million dollars on space in an expo, 
And it's the most boring space in the world. You have a couple tables, you've got some brochures, and you've got mostly guys walking around answering questions. I'm like, you spent a million dollars plus probably another million dollars on sending the equipment and all the people there, and this is the experience you're going to give them? Like, why did you spend the money? If you're not going to yeah. invest in it, and I think a lot of people forget about that, it's like just the space is one thing. That's that's a but you have to spend probably what do they say generally at least twice as much, maybe more on the creative to activate that space. Yeah, that's I mean, and I don't oh, think that's being done here. I don't think if, no, if, if to, it's not. I'm not gonna. I'm not picking on Toyota because I think they actually have the best commercial of anyone I've seen. I, the the one of the um the the woman with no legs who's the swimmer who I yes, think that's I that's love right. that commercial I tear up almost yeah. every time I see it but well the first three times but then you're like oh right. it's this one again <laughs> right but right the first 18 times that but you let's saw say it, they right? spent I don't know a couple hundred million dollars at least on this sponsorship do you think they spent 600 million dollars on the making? Of that creative? No. No. And, and here's the thing. Knowing how commercial shoots work, they, I guarantee you they have hours of footage of that woman swimming. Oh, absolutely. The guy running. All They've got other athletes that they didn't use. They've got, you know, they've got hours of footage um, in this kind of thing. So, yeah. Well, you know what would have been great? This is, of course, you know. We're telling them how to do their job. But that commercial, which is fantastic, which is, if the, for those of you that hadn't seen it, it's it's a woman. I think she she was born in the Ukraine. She didn't. She was up for adoption. And an American family adopted her knowing that she would have to have her legs amputated. And, it, and now she's a world-class swimmer. Or she became a world-class right. swimmer. It's fantastic, right. right? Wouldn't it be awesome to have a documentary on the back end of that? Where you could really get into oh, her sure. story, and you could do that, yeah. or through multiple stories, then you're really like, oh, you're really expanding the experience. But no, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> speaking of experience, <laughs> yeah. are you excited about yeah. the the kickoff of NFL? Come the on, National Football League. I mean, I mean, all now all of our European Sorry. listeners are. This going, will only be oh, two minutes. Boy, long. It's that time of year. Fast forward. Yeah, it's it's that time of year. But yes, tonight. As we record this on Thursday, August 5th, tonight is the Hall of Fame game where the Dallas Cowboys will square off against the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, amongst all the celebrations and revelry of the Hall in of Canton, Fame. Canton, Ohio, and mind you. Just south Canton, of Canton, Ohio. Ohio. Absolutely. Yes. So, I mean, it's not going to be much of a game, obviously, because none of the starters will be you know, playing and it will be all the, you know, it, it it will be touch football pretty much for for most of it, but you know it's it is real the football. kickoff of the it's, season. It, it is the kickoff of the season, and you can bet I will be there. Uh, I don't know if you've seen what the Hall of Fame Resort Company has been doing with with Canton that area. It, I mean, the, if if you would have gone to the hall the football Hall of Fame, have you been ever been to the Pro Football Hall of Fame? I have okay. not, sadly. Well, it, yeah. It's getting a point now where you could actually go and enjoy yourself because 15 years ago it was it, they were doing a disservice to the NFL. 
Now they've mm. really fixed it up. They've added this whole thing. And then what they're creating, which I think will be done in two or three years, it's it's like a Disneyland for football. They've got, they're adding a next uh, field and and uh, and uh, more retail area and another little stadium on sign and you've got a hotel on the property. None, all these things are new. They're happening within the next couple of years, and it's it's wonderful to see that plan come together. Where I think Canton and the investors have really said we're going to embrace this thing and not just have one building where you go in and you see see basically uh, golden busts of these guys' heads. That's <laughs> That's it. But now it's really turning into something. So kudos to them. I, you'll have to come. I'll take you out to dinner or something. You'll be so close. I would love to. I would absolutely love to. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I've, I've been meaning to go forever um, and actually did have some uh, did have some desire to go this year because, of course, Jimmy Johnson is being um, inducted this year. Um, but, you know, you know, life, you know, life gets in the way and. Delta variants and Jimmy Johnson crap. because yeah, so. of his uh, championships that he won at Miami University. Correct. That's yes, that's, that's exactly yeah. why. <laughs> Four Super Bowls, if I Thank if you. I'm correct, but he didn't win all of them because Switzer won two or one. Uh, How many did Jimmy Johnson get? Yes, uh, Jimmy Johnson won uh, two, two of, of them. them. Uh, yes. Yeah, two of them back to back. There was four appearances. They went three and three oh, and one. Oh, so Switzer got so. one and Jimmy Johnson the other two. Yeah, I wouldn't know anything That's about right. those yeah. Super Bowl victories with my beloved yeah. Cleveland Browns, although we are getting very excited about going to a football game now because we didn't go all of last year. But then right. again, at the same time, everyone's sort of changing their restrictions. I don't really I know, know what the football game experience is going to be. I don't know if we're going to be allowed. I don't know if it's going to be full capacity and you wear masks. I can tell you right right now, masks are going to be a for sure thing, I think, going into a football. Well, they're going to be a for sure thing for people who want to be safe, but they may not be mandated. It'll be interesting. Especially in your state, right? Especially in yeah, your state. Yeah, we've you know, so. sort of waffled in, in our state uh, after starting out strong. So, yeah, I don't know. It's It's weird. Did you see? It's interesting what New York did. You see what New York City yeah. did? They said, we're yeah. not going to mandate. They're, they're considering yeah, that they're, here. Well, yeah. they're not going to mandate masks because they say if you mandate masks, then less people will, will be vaccinated. Right. So they said, we're going to mandate vaccination. Forget the mask. Just go get yeah. the vaccine or you can't go to any restaurants. That's right. So it kind of did what uh, what uh, France did with their events. Yeah. California's doing it. California is considering the same thing, right? Which are these vaccine passports that will that will get you into restaurants and other things. Well, like so, it or not. Yeah. I, like it or not. Know. I know there's a lot of people upset about it, but they're working because you're seeing a, a bump up significant bump up in people getting vaccinated because it's going right. to inhibit That's right. the, the things that they want to do. So, right. uh, so there's that. Yeah. So, yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I also see quickly, yes. uh, before we jump into the news here, I mean, this is news, I guess, but, um, you know, we we you and I, we we have our Just we have our disagreements uh, about the NFTs. Uh, but it came out this week. Uh, OpenSea, uh, the marketplace for non fungible tokens, uh, seems to be doing very well, exceeding its 2020 goal by quite a bit. Um, in other words, they're doing the 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 tweet. 
uh, that came out that said basically they're doing more daily now in terms of transactions than they did in all of Isn't 2020. That crazy? Think about that. That's a that's a crazy amount. And and I'm sure yeah. you're just shaking your head and you just can't believe. Well, it's not that surprising. The the, the I think the. I think 2020 was probably artificially low. I mean, you know, let's be honest, in the middle of 2020, nobody was thinking about, oh, can I go buy a CryptoPunk? Um, you know, I oh, think- wish we did, the right? The market for that- <laughs> We you know, only right, did. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, right? Exactly. So we'll see if that curve continues. Um, but I think it's it's really interesting. It, I mean, it's certainly- it certainly speaks to your side of the argument, for sure. Well, it's it's interesting to see, uh, especially with CryptoPunks, and I posted this on, on the Tilt's Discord community, and we got some reaction because I posted that uh, Gary Vaynerchuk last week bought one of the apes, and if you, if you, are, if you look at all of what CryptoPunks are, there's only, I think, 24 apes of the 10,000, so they're very rare. So Gary V comes in and buys an ape for $3.75 million dollars. So not insignificant. And as soon no. as he did, the, it just went off. And you had the next next ape went very quickly after for $5.25 million. And then all the zombies, which was 88 zombies, started to go at about a million dollars each. It is just crazy. So a lot of that, you know, $95 million that OpenSea in two days were, were CryptoPunks. But at the same time, if you look at... I think we talked last episode about Stoner Cats, which is Mila Kunis's Ashton Kutcher's project. That's taking right. off and doing really well. Where people are, I think three or three thousand, three point five, have already purchased a Stoner Cat, and then they get access to the show, which is a that's a media play. Very interesting way to do it. And then if you look at Gary V and V Friends, he's already sold. 50, 30 million dollars. I can't. Oh, I had the stat here, Rob. I'm kick myself. 20. Okay, here it is. Gary V's NFT project, V Friends, has 10,255 different digital assets. Every one of those, if you own it, you get into Gary V's event. I don't know what the event's called. Maybe that's V Friends too. But the you get into the event for the next three years. You get that three year pass and then. The sales have already generated $23 million, which is not insignificant for an event. No. That's a, yeah. <laughs> well, among other things. I mean, he's got to do other things for that money as well. But, but you know, the, the magic will happen, you know. I mean, I'm going to assume for the moment that $23 million against all the things that they need to do to fulfill against those those activities, let's put, let's call them, um, you know, the tickets basically for what they're buying uh, is a already high yes. number, right? That's already if he, a, a if he, good, a, he's a gonna, good amount. He's going to want to do like a South by Southwest type of experience, exactly with ten thousand right. people coming in. And yeah. so, but but let's assume that that's already a you know you know good for him, highly profitable, huge number, you know, huge revenue number that you can you can manage off of that. The magic will be what happens in the in-between time, right? So in other words, as you start fulfilling these things, you know, the value of them obviously go down, right? You have your event, the value is now theoretically gone other than the, the you know, and we can debate about this, I suppose, but the, the other than the collectible, 
that you actually still have the ticket that you went yep. to the event and blah, blah, blah. So theoretically, the value drops significantly after the fulfillment of the event. Theoretically, At, but theoretically, but if let's just say that this event is off the hook. It's limited to 10,000 people. It becomes the South by Southwest experience, very uh, exclusive because there's only 10,000, whatever. And then you have the ticket for the next two years. Well, you can re- you can sell that's that my, ticket for more point. than you bought. That's, bought that's yeah. my point. That's my point. So in other words, there is a, there is a, 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 a you know, because... <laughs> The, the idea is is that if the event goes badly or poorly, then the becomes, you know then yeah. or if his market value goes down in in the meantime and like nobody starts to care about those events anymore, you're holding on to it. Basically, what you're doing is you're buying season tickets to Gary V. You know what I mean? It's like, and you're paying all up front for that. And so you, what you're banking on is is that that market's going to continue to go up and up That's and right. up and up. And so. You know, it, uh, again, good for Gary. I, you know, it's it's one of those. Well, maybe ideas that's I why I it's of, funny because, as as we all know, uh, if you follow Gary Vaynerchuk, he wants to buy the New York Jets. And he's always right. wanted to do that, but instead of buying the New York Jets, he's flush with cash. He buys a CryptoPunk for four million dollars. So it's just, <laughs> yeah. Which, by the yeah. way, got a long way to go. To, we got a long way to go to I buy understand the Jets, that. But, but yeah, what's interesting right. about him buying? This is how crazy it is right now, and I know it, I know it's crazy, and I know it's got to. I don't. It's got to come down at some point. It just keeps going up, up, up. It hasn't busted at any point. But he bought this for three point seven five million. He could sell it probably for six a week later. That's how crazy this market is right now. Yeah. And oh god, we can't get into Bitcoin. But anyways, today's the day yeah. that Ethereum had a hard fork. And what that means is they changed the, a lot of the rules uh, on the blockchain. And it, yeah. it, theoretically, because uh, there's a deflationary aspect to Ethereum now that didn't happen before, that's become more valuable. So Ethereum popped today. And the value of, of NFTs are based in Ethereum. So all these go up in value. It's just kind of crazy right now. So not really part of this show called This Old Marketing. But interesting <laughs> nonetheless. All right. Well, shall we get to the the, the marketing part of yes, this old I'd marketing? Like, I get to talk our about news? the NFT stuff all day. I know. Well, we need to do this. We could do the special show. show. We need to, two we, people. We yeah, promising. We, we to could do. It. We could absolutely do that. Two people that know, really know nothing about NFTs talk about NFTs. We're starting to know a little bit. You know, I need to go check my Mona Lisa to make sure that my Mona Lisa is going I, up in well, value. Well, I'll tell you what, it has for sure because when you bought it, Ethereum was like two thousand dollars an ETH, and and now it's at twenty eight hundred. So it's definitely worth more. Right. <laughs> Just on uh, theory. Okay, last thing I'm gonna say: if okay. you if you wanted to hold uh, cryptocurrency, and one of the cryptos that you wanted to hold was ether, you could make a case and say, "I don't just want to hold it; I want that to grow as well." So you get double multiplier if you believe that certain of these art assets, NFTs, go up. You could put it into, let's say, a CryptoPunk, and you hold the right. Ether in a CryptoPunk. But if the CryptoPunk yep. rises and Ether rises, you get double double your money. Yeah, which is which is what a yeah. lot. Which I I read an article a long months ago that said that's what this guy's whole thing was. And of course, 
he's probably a billionaire now uh, <laughs> because he's done that. So, anyways, all right, yeah. what do we have uh, on in store for us? All right, yeah, let's move to the news here where we can cover some stuff, and we do have a really interesting one. Uh, it is the dog days of August. Uh, as we enter this and not a ton of news here, but some really interesting news coming out this week. Uh, the first article we'll cover here from CNBC, uh, which is always nice to see this in the mainstream news, um, where the headline is Athleta's latest salvo against Lululemon and Nike women's wellness platform. Here we go with content marketing. Uh, the key points here are that the Gaps Athleta uh, announced the debut of Athleta Well, a digital platform offering workout content and safe places to discuss topics from mental health to body positivity. Nice timing on Athleta's part to do that. Uh, the service will be a benefit to the retailer's rewards program and tap Athleta's relationships with athletes like Simone Biles and Elise, uh, Allison Felix. Uh, Athle uh, Athleta Wells' debut comes as the athleisure market is seeing explosive growth with consumers embracing comfort, but it is also more competitive than ever. And the article goes on to sort of talk about all of this uh, in terms of how it's competing against Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, and others. And it's all about, as Athleta said, building loyalty. So here we go, a content marketing platform for real, Joe. I mean, this is... This is really a, 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 a company using a media platform to compete. Yeah, a smart move, almost like American Express did years ago. Uh, but what I really like about this program is that they made the decision they didn't have to create all the content themselves. And they, for, right. the, for the courses and the training, they have partnered with somebody who knows what they're doing. And so this looks like they... It looks like this is a well-built program. They beta tested it. They, they got consumer feedback, uh, went back in, and they, they figured out that, hey, there, there's an opportunity to not just push out content on a regular basis, but they're trying to build a real community here where people can talk to other people almost in a dis – and I don't know how I, – I can't get into it. I don't know. I'm not one of the beta testers that's not out in uh, – No, it's not out publicly, publicly yet, yet. But yeah. it's going to it, – it's sound. they make it sound like, you know. Spaghetti and meatballs, man. I'm like totally into, into it. What's really smart is, and it's kind of what we were talking a little bit about with the, the Olympics and some of these uh, really well-known um, athletes, you're taking your endorsements to the next level by integrating them into your content. I mean, this is just really smart. Instead of just saying, oh, well, yeah, oh, yeah do my right. ad for me or wear my right. stuff. And we're going to show a picture of you. No, let's tell your story. Let's have you do some courses. Let's have you. Let's have you. Uh, you know, uh, let's do a documentary on here. Let's have you be. You know, kind of like uh, when uh, Peloton has. You know, celebrity instructors and stuff like that, where you're integrating into the core platform. It's just, it's just smart. And I'm assuming they have the yeah. data, like you know, you and I have been around forever. That says if more people uh, go ahead and engage with your content and have a positive experience, they will stay longer, buy more, all those good KPIs that we're looking for. So, Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, it's going to give them so much, so much leverage here. Everything from, you know, the, the certainly the, the data from the website, but certainly the, all of, and the content consumption and all of that, but also the, the brand affinity for those who interact but it's also going to give them content for television. It's going to give them content for in-store. It's going to give them all kinds of uh, interesting insight into shopping behavior. I mean, it's just a, you know, it's 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 the 
it's just a, a wonderful expression of, of digital. And the, the, the thing I love so much about it is the timing here, about how they've timed this so perfectly. I'm sure this was sort of always meant to sort of coincide with the Olympics. Um, but I have to think that the, the, the coincidence of talking about mental health, body positivity, and all of the things that they're going to be really focused on, other than sort of workout videos, also benefited from you know the the news of late you know with Sharon sure. Biles and 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 her challenges and and all of that. So it's it's just brilliant marketing all the way around. Well, I think you know it's it's almost you could almost see them like holding up their hands, going, "God, we need to get this out of beta and like now." Like it's like you know it's it's it, they're all you know they're they're probably screaming at the people to like get it get it public immediately so that they can take advantage well, of that. We talked about this years ago when. These these were few and far between these kinds of examples, but I think that this is going to be the rule, not the exception. When you have a if you have a billion dollar brand, even or less than that, you have a product grouping. You're going to have a content marketing machine behind you, whatever you're going to call it, some kind of project that helps with loyalty, that tries to build a community, that combines original licensed content that actually tries to make a statement, have a point of view, yeah. that it's going to be standard practice. And I think you're starting to see that where these things used to be, what, one every... Remember when those case studies came by and we'd be like, oh my God, we got this is our first one for the quarter. Well, now you're seeing them multiple right. times a week. Yeah. And it's just... And well, we're still at the beginning. It, yeah, and, it's, and, and, and I can tell you, because we've done a little work in this space this year, um, with one of the companies that uh, I mentioned in the list, there, the uh, they're all thinking about this. They're all thinking about this. They, you know, in terms of digital and community and loyalty and building community digital properties that build in content that drives loyalty. All of them are thinking about this. Nike, uh, Adidas, Athleta, Lululemon, um, you know, now Athleta. You know, all of these companies are, are thinking about how to do this. What I love about this is, is that when you normally see the sort of chatter about this, it's like, how do we create an app? Or how do we create a private shopping experience for the, you know, those, you know, fanatics who want to buy the latest, you know, you know, Jay-Z signed sneaker or something like that. It's like, this is, this is building true value into the audience, not just trying to take advantage of, an influencer signing a piece of clothing or a you know a more private shopping experience it's actually building in a platform that 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 delivers you know experiential value and i i just think that to me that's the real goal here for any marketer that's trying to create this kind of thing b2b b2c whatever well, don't forget and you talk about this seemingly almost every episode but uh, this is the race for first party data yeah, right? of this course. is this is Absolutely. it. We're yeah, this seeing is it. What it's all about. We're, we're seeing, you know, the 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 rules came down off the cookies and all the privacy stuff and everything last year, and now we're seeing mm -hmm. what's going on. And you have a lot of marketers saying, "Well, shoot, we did, we've got we lost all of our third party data. Yep. What are we going to do?" Exactly right. Well, this is what you do. You you create you have your own data. Yeah. Which was always the beauty yeah. of of Crafts Food and Family, which was which why we yeah. love that program. Which does this is this, is that still running? It still exists. Um, funny enough, I actually put a, a a note, an email out like six months ago because they relaunched it. 
they 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 relaunched and none of the folks that we knew are there anymore but they relaunched it and with a new look and feel and a whole new effort and i put a note into both the pr company and the uh uh and the company and the people themselves through linkedin to say hey i'd love to learn about what your goals are and everything there and just get to know you a little bit and didn't hear anything back so did they do they know who you, know. you are uh, well, probably. Yeah, which Hi, is this probably is the Robert Rose. Yeah. You know, whenever you have the <laughs> yeah. in front of your you know, name, you know you're almost like that's right. royalty. So that's exactly right. That's exactly right. The guy who can't get a blue check mark in front of his Twitter <laughs> wants to talk to you. That's you should what it's do all about. what a lot of people do is they actually just added the graphic Make into it, their yeah. name that looks like yeah, a check mark. They do. That's good enough. Yeah. That worked. Yeah. It's, it's close. It's, it's close, close enough. enough. That's close I enough. totally believe yeah. that. I'm totally into it. Yeah. So, all right. We'll be right back. Starting a business can be overwhelming. And a great way to make it simple is to go step by step. The Dot Online Business Academy offers simple, easy to follow, and completely free courses to help you find a business idea, create a business plan, build a website, and more. The short videos, bonus activities, and resources give you everything you need to take your business up and running. Hosted by industry experts such as Ryan Folan, Jason Falls, and Kim Garst, these courses also come with interesting activities and exciting prizes. For more information, visit academy.get.online. That's academy.get.online. And now, back to the show. All right, let's move on to our next story here, which, of course, comes to us courtesy of Facebook and Amazon. We're going to pair two stories together here, folks, because they are just very interesting um, about non-classic companies um, that are media companies that are thinking about new ways to distribute content. The first one comes to us courtesy of Axios. The headline is Facebook's first ever paid movie premiere. Uh, the article says, for the first time ever, a film distributor will use Facebook to debut a movie exclusively via a ticketed live event, executives tell Axios. Uh, the Outsider, a controversial documentary about the construction of the 9-11 Museum in Manhattan, will premiere publicly on Facebook for $3.99 on August 19th. Putting films on Facebook could lower the barrier, says the article, to distribute content for smaller filmmakers and studios, especially for those looking to reach audiences in smaller markets where it's harder to broker local deals. The article then goes on to talk about uh, the details of the premiere, how you can find it, and uh, how it's all going to work with ticket sales, etc. The second uh, story that we'll pair with this one and then have a nice discussion about is from our friends at Amazon, and this comes courtesy of Marketing Dive. And they buried the lead in this article because the article's headline is about how Amazon's ad sales have jumped 87%. And we talked a little bit about that last week. But down at the bottom, they start talking about other content opportunities that Amazon now has. And you really forget how big Amazon really is. Um, as the article says about three quarters of the way through, it says, content is another area in the spotlight as consumers continue to cut the cord and move to streaming. Amazon's ad-supported streaming platforms, now that's the to be different from their subscription-based streaming platform, but their ad-supported streaming platforms, that includes IMDb-TV, Twitch, Live Sports, network and broadcast apps, all available via Fire TV, get this folks, now reach 120 million monthly active viewers. 
So that puts them three times the size of Apple TV, just just to put that in perspective for you. Um, and they've been uh, promoting that, obviously, in their New Fronts presentation, um, talking to advertisers, et cetera, et cetera. So both of these things, Joe, tell me that Facebook and Amazon are both serious or seemingly serious about driving ad-supported media for the long term. And and by the way, doing very well at it. Well, if you think about it for, with Facebook, what, what's the, they have two, two billion users? Yeah. Who, well, I guess it depends on who you're targeting. I mean, if you're, if you're targeting what my, <laughs> my son would call me a boomer, if they're targeting me because I'm on Facebook. Right. Yes, launching a movie on that platform is pretty smart if you're, if you're launching the next, you know, rock movie or whatever the case is. It's, I don't know if this is just such an easy land grab for, for Facebook. I don't know if they're doing anything differently. I mean, we talked about on the last episode, I think it was, or two before that. I, I have concern over Facebook, not Instagram, not WhatsApp, not Oculus, uh, over Facebook's long-term strategy. Maybe Facebook, it just becomes, in a lot of cases, the internet for a group of people, which, by the way, it is. If you go to a lot of smaller countries... And they say the internet, they are on. They just mean Facebook, because that's what they're on. They get started on Facebook, and that's where they get access to everything. So of course, are we going to have access to our movies? Sure. And then you go over to to Amazon. Uh, you're, I think you're going to see some crazy things happen. I could see things happen. Well, like uh, NFL stops using their whole direct TV model, and they go exclusively with Amazon type of stuff. Like I could see that oh, stuff sure. starting to happen, where you really do get the majority of your. So we're moving away. How many times have we talked about moving away from NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, and you're now moving to Amazon, Apple, Facebook. Sure. I mean, the numbers would just lead you there, right? I mean, you know, I mean, I look. I am the first. You know, speaking of the NFL, I'm the first one in line to sign up every single year. It's the, it is the reason, by the way, it is the only reason really I still maintain direct TV because of NFL ticket, Sunday ticket, because I can get all the games and I'm just that much of an NFL geek. Um, However, increasingly there are options for me online. Um, And interestingly as well, I almost never use the television version of the DirecTV. I almost always use because the reason I sign up is because, you know, I can access the games via alternative devices when I'm not home, where I don't have my dish set up, right? So my iPad, my computer, I'm in a hotel room, I'm in, you know, another person's house, you know, and I can watch the game there. You know, at some point, the NFL is going to go, you know what, there's... There's access to a bigger audience here who will pay the same amount of money to us as a royalty to get that. There's no reason for us to be exclusive or semi-exclusive with DirecTV any longer. Let's just move this. And it it wouldn't – I mean, I, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. I'll put it that way. I think the other thing that I'm thinking about with just the advertising push that Amazon has and how amazing this is, I, I guess I once thought – a long time ago where, oh, if everyone has a content marketing strategy and they're all building their own audiences, that they will theoretically spend 
less money on advertising because they have the audience and then they'd work on you know content experiences and build their relationship with those audiences. But what I forgot to think about was it's really hard to do that. So only a small percentage of companies will actually do that. And the rest of them are, are going to say, well, we, we're not doing that. We can't do that. We don't have that audience built. So we're going to have to spend a ton of money to interrupt these people on other people's platforms. Yeah. Well, you know what it comes down to? It's the metaphorical battle for, you know, the number one screen, right? In other words, you know, it's the it's the battle that apps have been fighting for the last, call it, 10 years to be on your home screen. Um, and so, you know, you, you end up with all of these companies vying for the same audience and the the you know the attention and the and the and the time to spend and uh, ultimately the dollars to spend and so they all start advertising on each other's platforms to steal audience and so you know so that you become the favorite and that's the that that you know you just end up with a you know it's a it's a great it's great for the consumer theoretically the the challenge of course comes with you know how many options you have um, and that's where you have the, you know, the sort of battle between the, you know, you've got the, the, the big four or five, you know, streaming platforms that, you know, I, I can't remember, we talked about this maybe, you know, a couple of months ago where we talked about the, uh, consolidation of the streaming sure. services and, you know, and we were, you know, we were laughing at the numbers because it's gone from 7.6 to 7.4. Okay. It's still seven, right? You know what I mean? It's like, it's ridiculous, but at some point it is going to go to five, it's going to go to four, it's going to go to three, you know, and, and what you want is to be one of those three. Um, and so the, the, the question is, is to how many, how many walled gardens are there that ultimately people will, you know, before the pendulum starts to swing the other way and people want more choice and, and, you know, uh, have you seen the ads, by, by the way, just totally uh, as a side note to this is a, another small data point. I saw an ad the other day which said, uh, I think, I may, be, I may be getting the brands wrong, but the, the point will still be made. I think it's HBO Max now has a deal with NBC where they're offering a bundle where NBC and HBO Max together are offering, if you subscribe to HBO Max, you also get Peacock and Hulu as well. Oh, geez. And, and so... Now you're starting to see classic competitors co-op, you know, cooperating to provide bundled deals to say subscribe to all three of us at the same time and get a and get a uh, and get a deal. So if you get ready for that too, right? You know, so it's 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 very interesting. It's, time. It just makes me think too, because you know, as we've been focused on the content entrepreneur, the the smaller content creator, if you can build an audience and over the next two to three to four to five years and just hang with it, you will get bought out. Like you, you will yes, get, that's right. That's it right. Is, it's, it's absolutely going to be, it's going to be like the, wasn't it the great consolidation? It's your own NFT. It's your own, it's your own yeah. NFT. Your business is that's your own right. NFT. Think that's of it that right. way. What, isn't it the dark crystal had the great consolidation? What was that? That was, uh, <laughs> it was not called oh, that. Gosh, yeah, there you go. Wow. No, no. Um, it was called the great something. Now, yeah. I'm thinking, that, anyways, uh, that's what you're going to see. Because <laughs> you're right. I think it's going to get down to the great, the great conjunction. conjunction. Is what oh, it was my called. gosh. I love yeah, that. I still a, love, I that, love movie. that movie. 
Um, you're yeah, going to see the great, great conjunction movie. happen in uh, yeah. in the media space, but happen in all these little niches and, and B2B areas that you never think of as well, because there is so much money out there that the big players have. They're going to say, okay, well, to, to stay competitive as well with the top two, three other ones, they're going to start buying out a bunch of stuff. It's already happened. Yeah. It's accelerating. We've said it a million times, there's so much money out there. It's just crazy. So if you can identify a niche audience, and this goes for uh, content marketing as well, because remember, you could you oh, can have sure. your own little content yeah. marketing audience built. Well, this is Athleta, yeah. right? This is what Athleta is and, trying to and do. They, and yeah, by the exactly. way, create a walled what's garden. What's great about Athleta Well and what they're trying to do there, if they create a media property as part of this whole thing, it takes the value of their product uh, and what? 2x 3x it what if you have that audience as well well that's going to be fascinating yeah. to watch is to see how 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 much valuation a wall street or something like that puts into a platform like this that may not be monetized quite frankly in the traditional way in other words they may not sell access to this it may be monetized in a different way but to your point they are building ip they are building value and asset they are building an asset for the business that is called marketing. Gosh, somebody should write a book on this. Um, and they're creating that asset. How much does Wall Street value that into the stock price? And that, I mean, that's a whole other area of exploration of of finance that's just going to be very interesting well, to follow. Well, think about, so you and I are presenting at uh, Build a Better Agency Summit next week in Chicago. Yep. And you and I were sort of talking about linked things. But the thing that I'm talking about is basically building your agency to then sell it. And the research that I did on it, and I'm trying to figure out, okay, well, if you have an agency and you have a services business and you're the best services business in the world, how much could you sell for? And basically, the be- you know generally, you sell for one or two times income over like a three-year period average. Oh, yeah. If you're, if, li- you're if you're lucky, yeah. And if you're the best of the best of the best in a niche industry, maybe you'll get 3x, right? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. So yeah. that's when I was like, oh, because I'm so I'm talking to agencies here, and I'm saying, well, or if you built a you know content engine behind this thing, like you and I are just talking about, I could say, okay, well, your services business, best case scenario, 3x. Well, you could you could create an affiliate. Uh, marketing revenue line that maybe will get you 5x subscriptions might get you 10x advertising sponsorship might get you 6x conferences and events might get you 10x premium content 8x on and on and on right so i'm like so the same thing what you're just talking about if you create you're just whatever you get 2x 3x 5x whatever's your industry rate you could add this thing on oh my gosh they're doing work in my backyard (laughs) <laughs> every time, Robert. Every time. Yeah. I'll, I'll, <laughs> well, I'll, <laughs> go ahead. I'll, 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 say, I'll say this. I'll, I'll, I'll say this, which is the. I think the. the I, I'm going to use the example in my presentation. Um, you know, just exactly to your point of you know, look at Gary V. Right. Look at Vayner Media, which is now Vayner X, and all of the lines of business that he's been able to create. What's Vayner's company worth? Right. Much more than just an agency, much more than just a social media agency, which is how it started, and and and, and of course now, you know, you value it on on a number of things. So yeah, yeah crazy. So anyway, sorry about the uh, the 
the interruption it, with the the high powered blower it's all, it's, it, right it, against my window here. <laughs> Well, speaking of yes. high-powered blow and hot air, um, here, so the uh, last story we'll cover here uh, in the uh, main part of the news anyway, before we get to rants and raves, comes to us courtesy of What's New in Publishing. Uh, and interestingly, a headline that we feels like we say every single year, um, but I guess this year it might really be true, uh, is digital media adoption overtakes traditional media for the first time. Uh, the study that actually comes from U.S. media audience demographics produced by Marketing Charts uh, and then covered here in What's New in Publishing says the 54-page study compiled using proprietary data source from MRI, Simmons, and Comscore details the audience breakdown of several major online and offline media types, essentially posing the question, who's listening to reading or watching what? Even better news for digital publishers, the highest annual growth, 11.8%, was recorded for digital newspapers and periodicals from 49.4% to 61.2% in just one year. Uh, The article goes on to talk about a few other takeaways um, about uh, how all digital media types have experienced some degree of uptick. Readership of digital newspapers and periodicals has registered the largest jump of all media. Streaming video is now the medium with the broadest adoption rate of all, overtaking traditional TV in a new milestone. And... When looking at audience reach by demographic, the 25 to 34 bracket tends to have the highest among high rates of digital media use, but adoption is also high among other age brackets. Uh, you can get the full report. It's got a link there to um, to uh, wherever this uh, this research comes from, which is at marketingcharts.com. But I found this interesting um, for a number of reasons. One, because it feels like uh, we say this every single year and whatever. Um, the other is still how high, I guess I'm still surprised to get your take on this, Joe, about the corollary, right? You know, and it's like, if you say, okay, well, 60% are reading, you know, digital newspapers, that means 40% are still not, right? <laughs> that are still reading traditional newspapers, which, yeah, I know 60% is more than 40%, but 40% is still a lot. 40% is still a lot. And the fact that there's, everyone is left that area for dead, especially from an investment standpoint, and what an opportunity. I talked, so we had our um, we had our 15th annual Golf for Autism for Orange Effect Foundation on Monday, so it was a great success, and uh, I talked to it. There were quite a few uh, publishers there, media companies there, because they, they support our event every year, and I was talking to one who was saying the amazing opportunity in print right now because all their competition has left. They are the game in town. Right. Yeah. They get all the print money. They and I'm thinking, "Oh my god." You know, when everyone else is going and I and I'd love to see some correlation or some of the numbers with with uh, between downloaded streaming services and how much money spent there and used radio and all this stuff down with the marketing chart that I'm looking at and then go down to magazines and newspapers and how that's probably plummeted as and doesn't make sense sense with the percentage of usage. So that's for any marketers out there, any entrepreneurs looking at an opportunity. You could say, oh, well, there's still a ton of money in that area, but they, there's nowhere to spend it anymore because they all died. Right. All those publications are dead now. So what do you do? Well, there, this is where that opportunity is. Or you can go and say, okay, well, 80% of the world are watching streaming video. Let's go and fight after that, which... 
Of course, you can. It's a growing area. Everybody's doing it, right? But it is incredibly difficult to break through all that clutter. That's what I saw. Yeah, and the other thing that I saw is the opportunity there. I mean, we just got through talking about how it could be a little, you know, a little overwhelming, you know, especially for those of us that are inside baseball and sort of are, you know, digital early adopters and, you know, sort of have cut the cord and and all of that. What we need to realize, of course, is as you remind me every so often what my marketing professor told me, which is you are not your target market. You know, the the opportunity is still there to pull that audience, right? You know, so that 40% represents a total addressable market that you can bring over to be their first digital major subscription and move from print to whatever um, or the other way around. Right. You know, which is keep them in, you know, keep them in that that offline by launching something truly interesting so that they don't migrate over to digital newspapers or periodicals. And so there's a lot of opportunity there with an addressable market that is still of need. Uh, And so it's not that, you know, it's it's not all for lost. It's not all Facebook, Netflix, Amazon uh, that, you know, you have to sort of now fight. They have a huge share of it, but they don't have all of it yet. And so there's still a lot of opportunity there for smaller people to and, and businesses to actually develop meaningful audiences, et cetera, and keep, you know, keep the marketplace open, as it were, so that one or two vendors don't dominate the entire uh, the the entire bazaar. Well, you remember when we launched Content Marketing Institute and we were trying, you know, we had the blog and we were doing okay and we were launching content marketing world and that was big buzz about that but i think one of the things that really surprised and delighted people and maybe made more impact than anything else was whether we launched cheap content officer magazine to up to thirty thousand people and it was like nobody was launching yeah, a magazine at that right. time absolutely nobody yeah and we came out and said boom and we put our stake in the ground and everyone noticed and when i went to a chief marketing officer it was a, some cmo roundtable summit it was out in um Colorado. And I was talking to the one of the CMOs and he had a magazine on him. And I'm like, how hard would it be to reach that CMO any other way? He got a hold of it. <laughs> he yeah, had a hold of right, the magazine. Right. Because he that was his behavior, right? He liked he would go up, probably go on a plane, he'd get all of his reading material together, be, uh, the pile of best intentions, and he'd take it on the road with him. I'm like, wow. So sometimes we forget. Um, the easiest way to break yep. through is is not the most obvious. Here, here. That is absolutely that is absolutely the case. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for your favorite part of the show, which is our rants and rave section, our empirically proven favorite part of the show, where Joe and I go off on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave over something that makes us feel like we're sharing the gold medal <laughs> of the high jump together or that we have to go do a jump off talk about nfts or something uh so i i probably should go first i think we both are going to talk a little bit about the olympics yeah the olympic the olympic special here in terms of uh uh, our rants and raves and i think we both have a bit of a rant on this um but uh yours feeds nicely into mine so i'm gonna start uh i just have to so the the story i'm going to link to in the show notes sums up my sentiment perfectly. I was thinking I was the only one of this because I've been seeing a lot in social media like oh, how amazing it is and how awesome it is and I haven't been seeing a lot of complaints. Um, but The Guardian 
posted an article, and basically the headline of the article in The Guardian says, NBC paid $7.7 billion for its Olympic rights, and we got televisual vomit. <laughs> and I think that's just oh perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. It is perfect. It is a perfect description of what the coverage has been from NBC. Uh, and by the way, another article uh, that we can also link to if we need to is, is, is just also just came out that said the ratings are about half of what they were in the in the previous Olympics. Um, and NBC has come out and said, yeah, we're just not doing very well. And I would wholeheartedly agree. The coverage has been horrific. Um, I have botched both the prime time, and mostly I'm talking about the prime time stuff here, the prime time uh, broadcast television coverage of the Olympics. I have also seen the Peacock stuff, the more 24-7 sort of you know coverage, which is better, uh, but still pretty awful. Um, it, most of it has to do with, for some reason, I guess NBC has f- tried to assume that we're all like ADHD and can't keep, you know, attention for more than about 30 seconds on any one particular thing. I was literally watching one of the rugby games and... I thought I was going insane because they they started the rugby game. They break to a commercial in the middle of a play, you know, in the middle of a try. They break to a commercial. They come back, and it's like a minute left till halftime. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I looked at the score, and two and the team had scored twice while we were in commercial break, which means that they were basically playing highlights that weren't really highlights. And it was just an awful experience. And so, you know, there's there's so much that's bad here in terms of the way that they're, cover, you know, hey, we're watching some amazing story of a track meet, you know, for the 400-meter hurdles or the 100-meter dash or whatever it is, and then immediately you break to commercial or you're going to some, they're trying to create some dramatic, you know, homespun story about somebody that ultimately isn't the person that wants that needs to be covered it's just it's so bad it's the 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 coverage is so so bad in terms of what's going on here and it just it it it, it's the kind of thing where like we were talking about in the beginning of the show where you know if they just tried right you know it's like if they had just just leave it just leave it alone just like you know the, the there's one part of the article that we, the, the Guardian article that sort of sums it up so perfectly. It's like they they ended up on uh, one of the streaming versions of NBC's coverage. And quite frankly, it's one of that they don't care that much about. So in other words, they don't have like some like amateur play-by-play or third-rate play-by-play person there. They actually don't have any commentary at all um, because they just, you know, they sure. can't afford to cover every event and have a play-by-play person. And they said... I, they were watching, I think it was judo they were watching, and they were like, they stayed on it for like an hour with no commercials, no commentary, and all you did was watch. And they said it was the best. It was because you watched the drama, you watched the competition, you got involved in their story, you got involved in, you know, what what's going on in the in the middle of the, and it was like, you actually got to attend and, and, and really, and, and he said, that was the brilliance of that coverage. It's like, just yeah. leave it alone. Just find us, find it, you know, focus in on, you know, on prime time. Like one, they used to do this way back in the day. They used to do this like, you know, Tuesday nights, primetime coverage would be gymnastics. 
Wednesday night's primetime coverage would be, uh, you know, swimming. You know, Thursday, and they would let you know, by the way. They would say, hey, listen, by the way, Tuesday's going to be gymnastics, so we're going to cover it all night long, blah, blah, blah. And you would you would get to know, you know, you'd get involved in the drama of that competition, and it's just not there anymore, and it's just it's just awful. So I'm just ranting no, about the, it. The so, weirdest yeah, thing uh, that, that my wife and I have seen is when they do the gold medal ceremony for the United States, most of the time they only show the U.S. participant. You never even see the stage right. that there's two other people there. I don't get it. Right. I'm like, what? <laughs> is this so U.S. centric? We can't even show that there's been a silver and a bronze one. Like, I don't even. I don't even know. Were they there? Or the other ones who won gold medals, and we actually get to hear their countries. You know, it's so it's my like, my son was so upset. He's like, this is so U.S. centric. I can't stand it. This is the Olympic. that's supposed to be the world. Like, what's going on? Um, right. And by the way, the young and 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 for the first time in the Olympics, they had skateboarding as a as a major event, which I was really excited about. And I tried to watch that one night, and they were like breaking away, and and you know, in the middle of the combat, you know, with commercials, and didn't cover it. And then they broke away to some other event for a bit, and then they came back to it, and it was like it was just so disjointed. It's like you can see why you know they were trying to bring in the younger viewers by trying to cover it, but. They didn't cover it. They didn't. They didn't actually cover it because they're so afraid of losing, uh, you know, us, the older, the older crowd, crowd yeah. that they that they didn't focus in on one. You know, just just have one night, one night of just uh, prime time skateboarding or prime time, you know, whatever, whatever other sport. It's just it's crazy to so me. So a couple things. First of all, I have a really quick rave because my son found this. He hasn't really been watching the Olympics. I found a lot of younger people haven't. But he caught this on his feed. Uh, Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart doing commentary on Peacock is probably the best thing that they've done. And so there's a there's a clip that I was able to catch on YouTube because Peacock did put a little thing on YouTube, which you can't get much on the Olympics because all these licensing things that are going on. But those two are hilarious just talking about stuff that they know nothing about. It's kind of like you and I in NFTs. It's just entertaining, hopefully, and that's all they're doing. So nice. I'll nice. put a Mashable uh, link in the show notes. It's just the two of them. They were, they had to figure out what equestrian was, and they had to figure out what synchronized oh, diving was. And you got these two guys looking at it. It's, it's pretty funny. Um, that's but brilliant. Back to, so the, the my rant back to what you're talking about, and this this was before the Olympics. This, this was a couple weeks ago. We went to a Cleveland Indians baseball game. They will be the Cleveland Guardians pretty soon, but they're, now they're still the Cleveland Indians. And I was talking with my friend who was there, and we were talking about how there's so few, there's so many fewer younger fans in baseball. And then we were trying to figure out why that was. And I said, well, I'll tell you why. I said, because when I grew up, every day on Channel 43, free television, uh, you were able to watch an Indians game every game all year long that's 162 games and i became a fan because i would watch it free and i got into the game and it was fantastic today you you have very it's very tough to get access to watch an indians game you just can't find it you have to get cable access and then you have to have, you have to buy the add-on for that in order to see the game and so what you've gotten from that are less fans 
this is exactly what's happening with the Olympics. We are killing yep. a, the the generation, the younger generation today will never grow up being Olympics fans because of not only you have to be on pe- Peacock or you have to have most likely cable to watch uh, or suffer a horrific, horrific coverage, coverage like you were talking about, but. The fact is, is that, and this happened, so my, my son was telling me about this, and I didn't realize it was a thing, and I had to look it up, and it actually did happen. So one of the top Twitch streamers that he loves was basically just talking about what was going on in the Olympics and had sort of the stream playing in the background. Wasn't showing it on screen, but you could hear it. The, uh, the uh, Olympic committee banned him, made, made Amazon take him off of Twitch, Amazing. Because he was talking about these things that aren't licensed to, to Amazon and Twitch being able to do this. So the guy was banned. So he was talking about this. This is just the worst thing in the world where you would think right now you would create some type of Olympic experience on these other platforms, Twitch and YouTube and TikTok and everything. You meant, what was the, the gold medalist that got kicked off? Yeah, Elaine Thompson Hera. She was temporarily blocked on Instagram on Tuesday um, when she posted to Instagram herself winning <laughs> the gold medal uh, in the 100-meter and 200-meter uh, races. And she tweeted um, that she was blocked on Instagram for posting the races on the Olympics because she doesn't own the right to do that. <laughs> so she got so she posted basically herself winning her own experience winning the two races, and she got blocked on Instagram for doing that. So... And I'm sure this is not just NBC's fault. I'm sure it's the Olympics. There's a lot of corporate. No, there's a lot of corporate involvement is, yeah, going on. This is well. This is the problem with DMCA takedowns that are just you know, you know, big sigh here. You know where we've talked about this a little bit before, which is you know, they have. We understand that Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, they all have big jobs in terms of. May, may you know making sure that the content on their platforms is okay is copyright infringement yeah. free all of that is a big job but the problem with not investing in the human factor here and relying solely on bots and algorithms to do that is that this happens and and exactly to your point it gets to the point where it's so prevalent that you just can't you can't enjoy it any longer you can't you know you you remove you know, this is more the Olympic well, Committee, I think, more than anything. You know, this is not the platforms yes, themselves. The platforms doing are their, trying to do they're just what doing they're being their asked. Job. Yeah, they're being asked but, to do, right? Which is take this. You know, I take know it down. that there's a lot of money, obviously, $7.7 billion on the line and all that. But if you could have figured out something in your monetary strategy where you could have opened it up to everyone and just saying, we are going to celebrate the Olympics and share. Do whatever you have complete carte blanche to do whatever you want to do. This would be the highest rated Olympics ever. And we should learn this as marketers and entrepreneurs dealing with content creation that when you give it openly, amazing things happen. And if you block access, if you create lead gen forms, if you do those, you are going to kill yourself. It's, it, you're not going to get anything. So I feel bad. Yeah, it's winning the battle and losing winning the battle this and losing fixable. the war. This you know, is fixable. Yeah. So I hope in in th- whatever three years, whenever the next Summer Olympics is, that they figure this thing out because they're going to again have their audience, and you're going to get 
people like uh, my kids' age who don't know anything about the Olympics because it is not available on any of the things that they engage in. Right. Right. Who who have no desire, by the way, that the this is solving a problem that doesn't exist, which is none of these kids, none of us have any desire to open up a Twitch stream and stream the Olympics That's right. 24-7. No, nobody wants to do that. There's, there's, there's no reason to do that. There's no benefit to doing that. What you want is the, the fun, playful, creator-level abilities to do stuff like the Kevin Hart and Snoop Dogg thing, like you know having gold medalists be able to post their own stuff, having the ability to post up excitement clips you know, on TikTok to say, hey, this is really cool. You should check it out. You know, all, you know, parody videos, all those kinds of things, which only the only thing that does is make people more excited to go watch the the, it would the pro- actual source. It, it would content, pro- actually, so. I bet you more people would be watching the prime time drivel that's there if all that other stuff happened. And so I they would. would be making more money by letting it go, by not being so strict yeah. about those policies. Yep, we talked about this with uh, golf not too long ago. Yeah, yeah, the PGA. Remember, we talked about this with the PGA. How the PGA was trying to put the, the hammer down on this kind of stuff, and it's like, said, don't be stupid. On. It's whatever. I feel bad. I feel bad. Come on. I feel bad because my my children and their friends aren't interested in the Olympics, and I think they're very important to the world. I think yeah. there's a lot of lessons yeah. and stories yeah. to be shared, uh, and yep. they they're not seeing that. So there you go. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, what do you got this week? You're, you're, we're yes, going to see each other. I'm leaving oh soon. We're, we're yeah, we've got a little, little family away. trip that we're, we're planning and heading our way to Chicago uh, so that you and I can perform on stage, God willing, fingers crossed. Uh, oh, good Lord. You know, thank goodness we're, you know, we're vaccinated and show, we have to show proof of that to get into the facility and, and yep. give our speeches. But it'll be good seeing you. Yep. And it'll be good speaking on in front of real people uh, again. So that that's Boy, what I'm doing. Yeah. Getting ready for that thing. That's it. You just you just uh, you just nailed my prep too. I'm just in the final preparations of my presentation and getting ready. I have to relearn how yeah. to pack. Oh, tell me about <laughs> it. Because I don't know how to I don't know how to do that. Um, and get everything together and, you know, sort out car rides and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing. So I will, you know, I'll see you on uh, Tuesday, and we'll have a we'll have lots to talk about on uh, yeah, on our next, that we'll uh, actually on our next episode. Almost, we yeah. almost could do it in person, but we're not going to because that's that's not yeah. how we roll. Even when we do it in person, we that's, don't do that, it in person because we we that, <laughs> would, be weird. Yeah, that would that would that would be weird. all those all those countries <laughs> we were in where we were in different hotel rooms doing the podcast. So right, exactly. You were you were above me in so many ways. <laughs> Yes. Oh dear. It's yeah, gone downhill, we're folks. Done. We're done. So that's it. We are signing off. If you want to get all the goodness of this podcast show notes or dive into any of the other 282 episodes, and that's a lot of episodes, just head on over to our wonderful little website at thisoldmarketing.site. That's thisoldmarketing.site. We want to thank the good folks at Radix for powering our thisoldmarketing.site and get your own .site if you want to get your .site .site. And until we meet again, just remember, folks, it is your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you next week on This Old Marketing.